The scriptures this morning are taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. It's a rather long chapter. I'll be reading an excerpt. Verses 3 and 4, 8 and 9, and 21 through 24. These are the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. The parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. Verses 21 through 24. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Last Sunday... Pastor John introduced his message by way of confession. He said, you have heard this sermon before, though you may not remember it. Well, this morning, by way of confession, I'll remind you that you heard a sermon on the parables in Luke 15 back in April. And you probably do remember it. So you may be wondering why you're hearing these parables again. The answer to that is that the parables of Jesus might be likened to an onion. There are lots of layers. And the more layers that are peeled off, the more we get to experience more of the onion. When Jesus taught the disciples, he spoke in layers of truth. Jesus was a master teacher. And when he spoke in parables, he frustrated many a listener as it seemed that he spoke in riddles. But Jesus allowed the nature of the parables to take on a life of their own. He allowed the parables to do the teaching. This morning I invite you to forget that the parables in Luke 15 are familiar. Let the words become brand new. What is the parable saying to you? Are you hearing the voice of God in these parables in ways you may not have experienced before? Do you sense God is beginning to peel away layers of familiarity with his word and taking you into a deeper and richer journey with him? That may sound scary and dangerous, but familiarity can also be dangerous. 
We have heard the stories so often that we are apt to no longer truly hear them. We may be missing out on what lies beneath the surface. We may be missing the adventure of digging deep, finding layer upon layer of truth beneath the surface. When God called the prophet Ezekiel to go and speak God's word to the house of Israel, he said to Ezekiel, Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Verse 9 of Ezekiel chapter 2 goes on. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. Chapter 3 of Ezekiel continues. Son of man, eat this scroll that I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Eugene Peterson talks about the need to savor the word of God. Chewing and internalizing, savoring and delighting in every moment and allowing God's word to be digested and used by our body as spiritual food. He uses the analogy of a dog with a bone. The dog savors the bone. He delights in it and he definitely internalizes it. One morning, as I was reflecting on what it means to assimilate the word of God, to take it in as a dog savors a bone, I walked into my home office just in time to find our young golden retriever happily chewing on my copy of the story. In the story, we discovered that the Bible is filled with interesting stories and peculiar people. But the focus of scripture is on God. God created humanity. Humanity rebelled against God, and God has been working ever since to draw resistant humans back to himself. We ask, why? What could a holy and righteous God want with sinful humans? The answer is that our eternal and infinite God is loving, compassionate, and desires that we come to know him, for we are made in his image. Made in the image of God, humanity sinned and fell short of the glory of God. The image of our creator stamped upon each one of us became dim, and our holy God, knowing the cost involved to redeem that image, put into place the plan of salvation. God counted the cost. And it was great. It required the sacrifice of his son, his only son, who would become the spotless lamb to take away the sin of the world. It was a plan that would surprise humanity on that first Christmas morning. It was a plan that would amaze the angels. Please join me in prayer as we consider the words of Jesus in these parables. Almighty God, we come in humility and gratitude this morning for the great work of salvation that is yours alone. Grant that we may hear your voice through the scriptures and be drawn closer to our Savior. Teach us from your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son 
are stories that not only bring us comfort, they are stories of our God in action to redeem us from the sin that has alienated us from him. For salvation is from God and about God. God is the initiator and we are the responders. We can do nothing to save ourselves. Salvation is of God. From the beginning of scripture to the final word of the book of Revelation, God reveals his plan to redeem us from eternal death. The salvation story is a work of redemption so demanding and so complete that it takes the fullness of the Godhead to accomplish it. I invite you then this morning to consider these parables in ways you may not have considered them before. I invite you to hear these parables as the work of the Trinity in the plan of salvation. In the first story, the parable of the lost sheep, we see the work of Jesus, our good shepherd, who cares for us. A good shepherd was one who was concerned about the condition of the flock. In Old Testament times, possession of these animals indicated power and wealth, and often the owner himself was the shepherd of the flock. Sometimes the owner delegated the shepherding responsibility to one of his children. But the principal duty of the shepherd was always to guard the sheep. Some information on sheep habits might be helpful. Generally, sheep instinctively stay close to one another to feel safe. But if one sheep should wander away from the flock, it has no way to return to the pen without the intervention of the shepherd. So what would have made this one sheep in this parable wander off other than for the purpose of Jesus having a good story to tell? When sheep are secure, they graze as if in a daydream, and they can easily wander off, oblivious to everything that is happening around them. Psalm 95 reminds us that we are the people of God's pasture and the flock under his care. We, too, can become distracted and wander away. The cares of life seep in, the culture of the world lures us, And soon we may find ourselves as the lost lamb needing to be rescued. Luke tells us, and when he finds the lamb, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. I remember our children when they were little being hoisted up on their dad's shoulders. And at first it seemed like a scary place, so high up and precarious. But then little by little, it became a safe place as they trusted in their dad's strength to keep them from falling. To the Israelites, the shoulders symbolized a place of strength. It was customary for the high priest to wear an ephod, a mantle, covering the shoulders. On the ephod were two onyx stones, one on each shoulder, and on the stones were engraved the names of the twelve tribes, six on one and six on the other. The high priest carried the children of Israel on his shoulders, the place of strength. Jesus Christ is our mediator, our high priest, 
who intercedes for us and brings us into contact with the unseen God. Jesus restores the lost. He carries the wounded, bruised, and lost lambs on his shoulders and brings them to safety. Jesus then tells a story about a lost coin. The coin may have been part of a headpiece that women wore to denote their married state, much like our engagement and wedding ring sets. To lose a coin from a headpiece would have been devastating to a married woman, as it would be for a woman today to lose a precious stone or a diamond from her ring. The coin in the parable represents something of great value, of such great value that the owner of the house will go to great lengths to search for it. The lost coin is lost. It cannot help itself. The woman grieves over the loss and sets out to search for the coin, doing whatever it takes to find it. She sweeps the entire house, peering into dark corners with a lamp, and does not give up until the coin is restored to its place in the headpiece. The work of the Holy Spirit is to search our hearts with the light of God's truth to uncover sin and restore us to Christ. We would prefer sometimes to stay dust-covered and hidden. It would make life so much more comfortable. But the Holy Spirit's ministry is to ensure that all are cleansed and ready for the great wedding feast. That day when the church is presented to Christ, her bridegroom, for all eternity. It takes a lifetime of the Holy Spirit's work to bring us to maturity. Are you noticing that? We are all on a journey which brings us to the parable of the prodigal son. Only told in the Gospel of Luke, this is possibly the most beloved of Jesus' parables. We can relate to this story, maybe because we have been prodigals ourselves, or perhaps we know and love a prodigal son or daughter. When this parable is told from the perspective of the prodigal himself, It gives us hope. There's nothing we can do that will separate us from the Father's love. And for that, we are humble and grateful. From the perspective of the older brother, the parable reminds us that anger, bitterness, resentment, and lack of forgiveness can destroy relationships. For a moment, though, let's look at this story from the perspective of a third son the Son of God, who is narrating the story. Jesus is telling us about home, about his Father's house, and the abundant love that fills the Father's heart. Jesus wants us to know about his Father's house. He wants us to know that forgiveness and endless grace await us there. It does not matter where we have been, or how far we have fallen, we are welcome to come home to our Father. Jesus is telling us that the Father's love is so strong that it will draw us home. 
We often hear this parable with the preconceived idea that it's a story about someone outside the family of faith. A sinner who was lost and then came to his senses. But Jesus tells us that the young man in this story is a son. He is not outside the family. He lives in his father's house and he is in fellowship with the father. And then he does something very strange. He gets tired of the security, the comfort, the love that surrounds and protects him, and he sets out on his own. He's determined to turn his back on his father and go his own way. You know the rest of the story. He ends up destitute. Even his fair-weather friends have deserted him, and he has hit bottom. But this prodigal, this wayward son, is welcomed back. In spite of reckless living, he is restored to the father's house by nothing but pure grace. He has done nothing to deserve the father's love. Yet he is forgiven and brought back to enjoy the fellowship of the father. The father has never lost his love for his son. A son is always a son. A daughter is always a daughter. The Father's house is where grace abounds, and Jesus is telling us about home. Not a prodigal son, but the perfect son. Jesus left the Father's house, and he came into a country steeped in sin and self-righteousness. He got dirty. Not because he wallowed in sin like the prodigal, but because he bore the sin of all of us prodigals. Instead of living it up, he offered himself up. He was the sinless son who became sin. He suffered, not from waywardness, but for the sake of righteousness, in order that we might have life. To be at home in the Father's love is to rest in the outpouring of a love so deep, so pure, so relentless, that it takes from wherever, takes us from wherever we are to a place of worship and awe in a God who will never give up on us. Salvation is God's story from beginning to end. Jesus, our high priest, intercedes for us. He seeks out the lost and he carries them on his shoulders. The Holy Spirit searches our heart to cleanse us from sin and restore us to a place of righteousness. And God, the Father, faithfully and patiently waits to welcome his sons and daughters home. Whatever your story Wherever you find yourself in your journey of faith this morning, rest securely in the mystery of God's amazing love. The good news is that God's love surrounds you. It's an active love that holds on, lifts up, and won't ever let you down. This is God's promise. We have his word on it. Amen.